You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is our Thursday six-pack of picks with guest Chris Raybon today. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, Favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. We'll get Chris Raybon's picks momentarily, but we've got a Thursday night football matchup, a little primetime game that when when the schedule came out, Matt, this was a complete stinker. Dolphins at Jaguars, teams 31 and 32 and a lot of power rankings to start the year. Jaguars, though, have some helium, and this is actually a game I'm really looking forward to tonight. I am too. I I think it's going to be a high-scoring, fantasy-friendly type of game. Uh, I don't think either one of these defenses is flat out good. I think they're bad. And I think they're both pretty easy to prepare for. You know, the Jags play a lot of that Seattle cover three. The the Dolphins play a lot of man. I mean, you kind of know what you're getting from your opponent. So the the super short week doesn't worry me as much as usual. Um, I like the Jags here. I don't know if I like them big, but I like a lot of points. I think they cover the three or three and a half, wherever it's at now. I think Minshew has a real nice game. I think DJ Chark gets back to making his fantasy owners happy. And I am looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. It's absolutely going to be fun. And it's going to be nice to see Gardner Minshew in uh, in prime time. It's going to be the first Jaguars game that I really just watched you know, front to back in real broadcast time. And so that matchup with Gardner Minshew going against a Dolphins defense that plays so much man coverage, you know, part of that Belichick trait, it's the Patriots, Dolphins, and Lions that play the most, the highest percentage sure. of, of man coverage out there. So that's going to be so fun to watch. The rookie, LaVisca Chenault, with DJ Chark on offense in Jaguar, in uh, Jacksonville. There's, there's some fun aspects to that team that came into the season just uh, with not a lot of hype. And Gardner Minshew's absolutely for real and fun to watch. So this this is one I can't wait to see. And there's some young defenders on the Jaguars, too, that I think we have to talk about that are playing at a super high level. Right now, d- the defensive rookie of the year is probably C.J. Henderson, who's been yeah. looking like he's going to be the next lockdown corner in the NFL. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought him up because I've been meaning to. He's been awesome. The um, uh, Josh Allen and all the defensive linemen they've yep. drafted lately – you're starting to see the bones of a defense develop, a young one, obviously. But, you know, I was guilty of this as anyone. If any time in the offseason, if you ask me who the worst team in the league was, oh, it's the Jags. Well, I think they're clearly better than Miami right now. Absolutely, yeah. Miami probably would be still, they probably start the season 30, 31. They're probably still in that area. And I would say that the the Jaguars have shot up and the, the, the Jets have fallen like a rock all the way to the bottom behind it, the Dolphins. Um, Miami at 0-2 coming in here. Jaguars at 1-1. How about this, actually? So the Jaguars win on Thursday night. They could be sitting here after Sunday with the Titans' loss tied for first place in the AFC South. Yeah, I, I think that's very feasible. And yeah, it's not like it's a super fluky thing. I'm not picking them to go to the playoffs or anything, but um, I, I think it's 
you know, big picture, I think it's very possible that Jacksonville wins six games. They're not picking in the top three. Minshew's the quarterback here for the next five plus years, and they build around him accordingly. How about this for and in Jacksonville, there's some fans in the seats too, so I think that helps bump them a too. little bit too. So I'm fine with giving up three points for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they can easily win this game by a field goal, and we haven't really said a lot of positive things yet about the Dolphins. But how Miles Gaskin, by the way, for the Dolphins is a player I've been stashing on fantasy rosters since uh, he done. went undrafted a couple years ago. I like Miles Gaskin a lot, and now he's the the starting back there in Miami. But the quarterback situation. What about a what about a Tua sighting tonight in primetime? Get those Dolphins fans jazzed, even if they fall to an 0-3 start. Uh, I'm, there's so many different ways you can bring a quarterback into the action. We talked about it earlier this week with Justin Herbert, who was just a game-time decision. All of a sudden, oh no, you're in there and didn't have time to dwell on it. What about for a quarterback like Tua in the second half? Like, let's get the guy some run. Maybe you have him play a little, have him sit a little as the season goes on before he becomes the full-time starter. Just throwing that out there. I thought that after last week that it's probably time. I don't want to compare him to Lamar's rookie year where he would trot out there for a bunch of snaps with Flacco, but I think you should have some Tua packages at least. You know, get his feet wet, get him on the field. Maybe he has a series here and there. I'm not even like like I said the Lamar thing. It was kind of a fluky way to get him out there. Joe Flacco would go stand by the sidelines like a statue, and you play (laughs) ten against eleven. I'm not suggesting that, but yeah. get Tua in the game. Hey, this is your series, or and have a Tua package. I like it. Okay, we've got to get to Chris because we've got a lot of picks to get into, and it's always such a fun conversation coming up. Chris Raybon of the Action Network right here on Peacock and Williamson. It is my pleasure once again to bring onto the Peacock and Williamson program Chris Raybon of the Action Network and the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast along with his co-host Stucky. If you haven't heard The last couple of Thursday episodes, we'll be talking to Chris all season long, and we've got a Peacock and Williamson versus Action Network. It's a friendly little contest. Chris and Stucky make their six-pack of picks every week on their podcast. We talk about them here on Thursdays with Chris, and then Matt and I on Friday make our six-pack of picks, and we're keeping track of those. And uh, I got to say, Chris, we're, we're all doing pretty well for ourselves here. We've got nine out of 12 picks so far on Peacock and Williamson. You guys are eight out of 12 picks so far at the Action Network, so uh, we're definitely making money. That's what I like to hear. You know, regardless of who wins this, I think the listeners win – uh, if we're consistently hitting uh, at above the you know 53% rate uh, that one would need to break even uh, as a better. Was there any uh, especially favorable matchups that, that you were excited about last week of your picks that you loved or, or especially disappointed about? Yeah, so I thought it was highly fascinating that, of course, the Atlanta Falcons blow the huge lead and uh, end up losing the game outright to the Cowboys. It was a highly entertaining game. I actually uh, did a podcast appearance with Christopher Harris uh, of Harris football. And we kind of broke down that whole game. We both, both watched the tape, but uh, I really thought Dallas uh, was going to be able to take care of business earlier in that game, of course, made the pick earlier in the weeks. And that's the one thing I, you know, people have to remember is that you got to pay attention to these injuries. And sometimes things really don't develop uh, until later in the week. Cause I don't think the alarm was quite as serious on Tyron Smith, who's obviously a huge factor, um, you know, to Dallas's success on offense. And we saw that once again, even though Dak Prescott put up a ton of yards and, and they won the game, uh, it, you know, out of the gate, it was a struggle uh, with, with Tyron Smith out. And I think offensive line 
injuries, offensive line play, that is one of the biggest hitting ed- hidden edges uh, for a sports better uh, and NFL betters. You got to pay attention to what's going on in the trenches. It's, it's not just about the quarterbacks or, or the receivers or, or whoever. Um, it, it's about those guys, and they make a big difference. That's a great call, Chris. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a theory that I've always wanted to run by people that are bettering and are more experienced betters than me that I bet if you bet against a team that lost their starting center, whatever the line is, if you lose your starting center, bet against them. I don't care. No matter what, I bet you make money. I would, I mean, I would think that you would probably win more often than not. Yeah. Uh, But it's still, I think you always have to be careful to like, follow any type of like blind theory because sure. that's how that's how the books make money too they know that even the sharp like they have to not only beat the casual better the, the everyday guy who's going to make like one or two bets a week for for you know 50 bucks but they have to at least uh you know break even with the sharps as well or they're still going to lose money so um you, you kind of have to you know, take every situation differently. I, I know you're probably alluding to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, tonight. No, I've been saying that for years, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just, I just okay. think they're so important and people don't realize it. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, it's, it, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, centers, uh, left tackles, now right tackles really with the way offenses, you know, both sides I think are, are key. And then you have certain quarterbacks, uh, Drew Brees, Brady, some of the older guys, interior pressure can really bother them. So then yeah. you have to pay attention to not just the center, but the guards. But yeah, those those players that they you're, there's not as many stats on them. There's not as many metrics on them, especially if you don't subscribe to it, an advanced uh, service like Pro Football Focus or, or something like that. Like those are a lot of times the edges are just simply things that people just straight up forget about uh, before placing a wager. Sunday six pack featuring Chris Raybon right here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Did you know chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? Not rockauto.com. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. And I heard a fantastic pro tip from my guy Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. With winter coming, get those wiper blades fixed. It's easy as can be. You go find your make, your model, order up some wiper blades, the rubber blades, they just go fit, they slide right in, takes two seconds to change your own blades. Be safe this winter in bad weather. You don't want your messed up wiper blades scratching up your window, messing up your car, cost you money in the long run. Go to rockauto.com, keep you and your family safe out there on the road. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com chris uh, before we get to your week three picks are there any trends from the first couple of weeks of this 2020 season that that you're seeing that maybe even we could take advantage of when we're betting here the rest of the year yeah, so I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, there is all this concern about the pandemic and that we may have sloppy play. And one of the things I, I was saying in the offseason was that, hey, I think that if there's going to be some type of lack of preparation or just, you know, kind of adverse circumstances, unique circumstances, it's probably going to hurt defenses a little bit more because they have to react, right? They're the ones that have to react to the offense who's scripting their plays in the first 15, um, you know, who kind of has that, that, that's just how the game goes. And and you are seeing that uh, so far. Now it may have nothing to do with the pandemic 
uh, or it may, that's that's the issue you run into with small sample sizes. But uh, regardless, it's worth pointing out that scoring 25.2 points per game NFL teams are averaging. Last season, uh, it was 22.8. So that is a uh, 2.4 point increase per team per game that is huge completion percentage uh 63 and a half was the average last year league-wide it's now up to uh, 66.2 through two weeks sacks 2.5 a game last season uh this year just 2.2 plays per game up uh, over 65 per game last year, uh, around 63 and a half as well. So uh, a lot of times you may see that because it's early in the year, it's a little better weather, but it is something to notice because I, I have seen quite a few uh, totals this week that I think are, are a little bit inflated in some of the mid-range games, uh, games like the the Rams-Bills where, you know, they've had some, some good offensive performances and, and that total I think is a little too high. Uh, the Eagles game, the, the Chargers, they're running at like a historically high clip. They're early downs in the first half. They're running on, you know, close to 60% of their plays. Uh, that total against the team without Christian McCaffrey uh, and the Panthers is it, it was like 44 or something like that. Like the Denver game against Tampa Bay with, with Denver missing a bunch of key pieces on, on offense and Tampa Bay, very good front seven, uh, but struggling somewhat uh, on offense. I think, you know, even with the, you know, the, the, the 31 against Carolina. So uh, really just some, something to keep note is that take note of is that when you see kind of these small sample size, uh, trends take shape. A lot of times the profitable thing to do is, you know, think bigger picture and, and realize that this is probably not going to continue uh, at this high of a rate, but you know, people have recency bias and, Oh, a bunch of games went over last week. <laughs> and so we're going to bet the over this week. That's not necessarily uh, how you uh, are profitable long-term. Chris, real quick. That's, that's awesome stuff. And then we could have, and Brian, we should really have a conversation almost on an entire show or at least a segment about this. But I've been meaning to bring this up all week, and I forgot. I really think all those numbers you said are dead on. And I think that the the culprit is officials aren't calling holding penalties anymore on offensive linemen. I mean, they it is down massively from p- past years. There's a handful of teams that have not been called for a hold yet. And I, I think that comes from above. I think they realize that offenses are going to be behind because they don't have as much practice time. So, hey, refs, keep your keep the, the flags in your pocket on the holds and let them get away with some stuff early on because I absolutely think that's true. I, that's a, I love that point because that's something I actually thought of, and I haven't heard anyone else really vocalize it. And so that was, that was an amazing point because it, it, it's kind of related to the pandemic, but not because this right. is a high-stakes year, right, for, for the NFL. You know, they need a good product for the average yes, fan not yes. to drift off. right? And, and what do people hate? They hate – penalties on on punts the, mm-hmm. the illegal block in the back that's the worst even the announcers complain about that one and, and and they hate holding penalties that essentially unless you have maybe russell wilson or patrick mahomes a holding penalty is almost guaranteed to kill your drive right yeah and call the penalty and, on a play where fantasy football and big numbers and overs <laughs> yeah and call the penalties on plays where it's obvious in it helps the offense get an advantage on that play, not on the backside of a play where it had no factor in what's happening anyway. So I love it. And maybe the, the league will take something from this going forward. I think there's a lot of things during this pandemic that they'll continue. I love the short-term IR too. Like, let's keep that going. I love oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and one more real quick point uh, that I, I think people should take advantage of is 
a lot of people wait too long to adapt to new trends that are happening in the season. Like on one hand, especially week two, week three, there are going to be all these overreactions that you want to kind of be careful of. But you also have to realize that each year you are going to see a new group of players break out a new group of players improve and a a new group of players regress. And and that can happen with coaching as well. So just entire franchises. And if you look around the league, what's one of the most profitable spots uh, to back uh, so far early in the season, unproven young quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew playing excellent ball. Uh, Jags are two and zero against the spread. You had uh, Dwayne Haskins pull off the outright upside upset in week one excuse me you had Daniel Jones get the cover without Saquon Barkley uh in a tough road spot in Chicago uh last week Joe Burrow hasn't lost a game against the spread yet they got the push uh, in that game where the uh, Bullock missed the field goal at the end and then they covered against the uh the Browns Drew Locke even you know they, they end up covering against the the Titans if you got the closing number and uh and then he goes down in week two and they still cover with Driscoll against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, a lot of times what's going to happen is people are going to wait till these quarterbacks prove it a couple of times. And at that point, they're going to be, in, their lines are going to be inflated because now they're the, you know, the shiny new toy and there's going to be no value. So I, I wouldn't hesitate to back some of these unproven quarterbacks because nothing is going to affect the point differential, the final outcome of a game more uh, than the quarterback position. Well, you can't pick Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars because they're playing Thursday night. We're doing Sunday picks, Chris. So with that, let's get to your Sunday six-pack. Got a new sounder for it, even. Uh, Open (laughs) up a can of beer there. Uh, Who you got? What's your number one draft pick for week three on Sunday? So last week I was on the Seahawks money line in that night game uh, that almost uh, ended disastrously despite Russell Wilson's great performance. But this week, uh, you know, you kind of have to go with the ebbs and flows here. Dallas had a letdown. Seattle covered covers by a half point or something like that. Uh, you got to go with Dallas here again um, because the spread in this game should be. I make it about three and a half. Uh, most of you know people here modeling it at the Action Network agree. Uh, it, it's jumped up into you know, four and a half, five. I've even seen get to six at some books. Um, so Dallas five, plus five and a half is, is where what I'm seeing, and I love the Cowboys in this spot. The Seahawks have been thirteen and five uh, over their last eighteen regular season games since the start of last season, and still they've won by six or more points in only seven of those eighteen games. Just thirty eight point eight. Russell Wilson just 7-12 and 12, uh, against the spread as a home favorite uh, dating back to 2017. Uh, and just uh, just 30% of the time have the Seahawks won by six or more points as a home favorite since 2017. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, they're, and they're dealing with some injuries on the defensive end as well. So just uh, too many points for uh, what should be a close matchup and a team that plays a lot of one-possession games. Yeah, that Seahawks pass rush really worries me. It makes me lean Dallas as well, to back your point. What was the number again that you got on that? I got I'm five a- and a half. It's, it's, it's jumping around, so it may be four and a half uh, now, but um, I like it at anything more than uh, four or better. Gotcha. Okay, Cowboys plus five and a half over the Seahawks. What's your second pick? For the number two pick, uh, stuff went with the New England Patriots. Bounce back spot for them coming off a, a tough loss against those Seahawks. And the, this is a spot where you generally want to back 
the Patriots. You know, coming off a loss, Bill Belichick, 73% against the spread in his career. And you also have the Raiders going uh, across the country for the second time in three weeks. They, they of course, went to, to Carolina in opening week and, and covered by, a, I think it was a half point or something like that. But 73% for Belichick. Cam Newton proved that he could – not only run, but that if they needed to open the offense, if they needed to play from behind, uh, they could do that as well. He threw for nearly 400 yards. And, and this Raider team is uh, a team that was kind of built to, 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 to beat a Saints team that was without its best player uh, in Michael Thomas on offense. But they're going to have a tough time against a healthier uh, New England team that's going to play a whole different style of offense against them uh, in, in this matchup. And John Gruden – even though, you know, well-respected guys been around the block, uh, this is a spot he struggles to get his team up for. Uh, Gruden, after a win, just 37% against the spread in the next game. So the Raiders tend to fall short of expectations uh, that next week. And that's generally a trend you'll see. Uh, really tough to for a team to kind of come off of a big win and then follow it up. Uh, but the Patriots have been better than anyone at, at bouncing back. So this is a great spot for them besides just the, uh, the the matchup advantages. My only concern, you had a lot of really good points there. My only concern is I just don't know that this offense is one that's going to beat teams by double digits, by seven, eight. You know, I, I just don't know that it's a high-scoring offense. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to look at the, the matchup. So the yeah. Raiders are a team that – they allowed 30 points to the Carolina Panthers. And if the Panthers weren't so intent on handing the ball to their fullback when they had Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> the Panthers probably won't win that game in, in week one. Uh, th- this Saints team was just not right. Last week. And again, these are the overreaction. I think you have to be careful about like the Raiders defense. Just if you're Isn't modeling good. it out, it's, it's one of the worst in the week. Don't let the win against New Orleans. Like Drew Brees is, that's a whole nother different topic of conversation, but that offense is just not right uh, without Thomas and, and with Brees looking a little shaky. Could this line move? Are people coming in hard on the Raiders because of what they showed in a primetime game and, and they're getting a lot of points here? I, so uh, Stucky took it, it, it at at uh, minus six, I believe. Uh, I've seen it kind of – it's going to probably stay, I think, relatively close to there because six is a key number. Um, but it, it's kind of a, a – it could go either way because the Patriots are still uh, a team that the public loves to back. The Patriots, the Packers – and the Cowboys, uh, those teams always are going to draw a lot of action regardless of the matchup almost. So uh, teams that you're not always going to be betting on um, as much as maybe some of the other teams uh, who you know generally get undervalued. But, uh, again, I just think this is a really good spot. You always want to bet uh, on the bounce backs because uh, the market generally tends to overreact to you know the, the thing they saw the most recently, which is not always going to be the most predictive. Especially like on a primetime game like that too. Everybody was watching. Uh-huh. All right, coming up the rest of the Sunday six-pack right here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Sunday six-pack featuring Chris Raybon, game number three. Uh, Another one that's probably going to give people some pause, but the New York Giants, Uh, pretty Hmm. much any, anyone I know 
uh, loves the Giants this week, loved them last week as well. And you look at San Francisco, and this is simply just a, a matter of there, there's way too many injuries. This this has become a, a essentially a coin flip game. Uh, the Giants still getting four points. Uh, I make it uh, a, a field goal game. Uh, Sean Corner, the odds maker, uh, he makes it just a, a, the spread of two. I mean, you have Bosa. You have Debo Samuel still on IR. You have your top two running backs. Uh, you're banged up on the O-line. You're, you have some new pieces on the O-line. Uh, your quarterback's banged up. Uh, you, you know, George Kittle uh, returned to practice, but they're, they're talking about being cautious because they're playing on the same turf that just took out half their team. So this is just a really tough spot. And uh, just to kind of put in perspective just how tough it is to kind of show up week in, week out, as good as Kyle Shanahan has been, uh, after the 49ers uh, win a game, the next, and then they are favored on the road the game after that, one and eight against the spread uh, with four straight up losses as a favorite uh, in those spots. So uh, it's just really tough for these coaches to get these guys uh, to, to play to that level week in, week out. Uh, this should be a low scoring game, which always benefits uh, the underdog. So love the Giants uh, plus four uh, against a banged up Niners team. And, and, and people might be wondering, Saquon Barkley, he's out. Doesn't that kill the Giants running backs? About a point, about a point to the spread. The 49ers injuries, when you factor in Garoppolo, Bosa, uh, it's 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 worth about a touchdown. It that's I, I have never seen uh his injury luck as bad as this. I'm looking at this game and I'm seeing the line. It went from six and a half, it's to whatever uh what four now you said you got it. And yep. I think I'm seeing it three and a half in some places too. So wow. I think this is an interesting one. I might wait to the last minute and go the other way and go head-to-head with you guys on this pick because <laughs> okay. you think Minshew mania is big. Wait for Mullins mania. <laughs> no homerism at all for the Niners. Hey, he, he averages eight yards per attempt uh, in his career, so he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible at, at all. I, I've seen him play some some good football, but uh, just, just a toss-up game, and it's always these kind of spots. People aren't betting the Giants. Uh, these are the yeah. kind of spots that you generally have to – to take over the long term and you'll be successful. All right. Pick number four in the action network, Sunday six pack. The Buffalo bills, two and a half point favorites against the Rams. You're of course getting the, you know, the hook you're, you're not getting, it it is a full minus three spread. I think the Rams are uh, much improved just the continuity of that offensive line, even though it wasn't very good last year, they had, you know, two key pieces hurt. Uh, and it's really helping combined with, you know, the quick game for Jared Goff. And, and they really gave Philadelphia some problems in this one. But, um, you know, and, and Buffalo struggled to put away Miami on the road because it's just tough to do that kind of thing in the NFL, regardless of opponent. Uh, so now you're getting a pretty good line here uh, with the Bills where they could win by a field goal at home, as, as home teams generally do. Uh, and you cover that bet. Uh, Bill's getting two, you know, two of their uh, linebackers back, which is key because they've always been excellent against tight ends. And a lot of it is due to their their safety play, really good in the back end, sound defense. But um, they struggled against Kasiki last week, and that really let Miami back into the game. Uh, don't think they'll have those same struggles this week uh, against Tyler Higbeet, who scored three touchdowns. The Rams' offense scored only. 20 points in that in that narrow win against Dallas when Higby wasn't going off. So I think this is going to just be a, a, a more of a dogfight. Uh, go with the home team uh, where you can win with a field goal. This is tough because the Rams and Bills have both won us 
money this season. They've been two popular teams for us to pick. So when they go head to head, I'm I'm conflicted a little bit here with this game. That's going to be an interesting one there. And I I like your I, I like the two and a half. I, I think that's such a great point that a field goal wins it for you, and it's not just a push for the Bills. Uh, who's your where are we at fifth pick now on the Sunday six yeah. pack? Oh, and just real quick, like this is this is the life of you know if you're betting every week. I mean, I've been on the Rams two weeks in a row, and that that's kind of how you got to do it. I've been on Seattle uh, as well, but uh, you know you, you can't just pick the same teams uh, every week because the books kind of anticipate that and they yep. they, they know they know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> number five, uh, we're going with the Arizona Cardinals minus five and a half against the Lions. Again, this Lions team, you know. The, it, it's it's just been a struggle all year. They're another team having you know some bad injury luck. I think their Gaude looks like he's. Uh, I think he's playing. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he's back in, which is going to help. Uh, it, it's going to help keep them in the game. Uh, as we've talked about, they'll throw downfield more. But but this Cardinal team is another team, young quarterback, early in the year, a little bit underrated. People not realizing just how good um, you know this Cardinal team is after they were last place. Uh, type of team uh, a season ago so you got them uh, as a a home favorite and they're not getting you know the full six it's five and a half kind of a dead number uh i make this six and a half on the other side of that key number uh so this is one i love it's just a tough spot um for for the lions on defense you know going against kyler yes the lions will be able to score but arizona's defense has been a little bit underrated you know the 49ers weren't as banged up in, in week one as they were, you know, last week, and the card still held them to to twenty points. Played some tough defense. You got Patrick Peterson playing a little more like himself uh, this year than, than last year. So uh, love the Cardinals in this spot against this Lions team. And Matthew Stafford's never really gotten it done in these spots. Uh, he's just twenty eight uh, and forty five against the spread. Uh, just twenty one and fifty straight up against teams with a winning record, uh, and that includes uh, a. Uh, disastrous, like sub 40% win percentage in September. So even against teams that we don't even know if they're really good yet, uh, Matthew Stafford uh, has historically struggled to get it done. I'm going to continue to fade the Lions. I don't dislike your call, but I'm sitting here looking at the line and the over-unders at 55. The over is just screaming at me. I don't think either one of these defenses is particularly good. I like both quarterbacks. They both have big-time receivers. I I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. Yeah, I, I, I make the total uh, 53 and a half. So it's gotten kind of out of hand at this point. Like, it's really tough to, to bet a total that high. I think if yeah. there was one total that I would probably go high on, it would be the, the Seahawks-Dallas game. Uh, in five of the last Seahawks seven games as a home favorite, it's gone 59 or more. Uh, and then, of course, in the two games they played this year, it's been over 60. Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind. Dak Prescott, we know he's capable of playing uh, nearly as good, uh, w- even with that offensive line banged up. So um, that's that's my one. I, you know, Detroit, I think, is more liable to lay an egg uh, in that kind of spot th- than Dallas, who probably can get down and, and just dig themselves out like they did last week. Yeah. Another point on this game, and you made the point earlier, which I think was awesome, about believing in teams early and sometimes in the NFL when teams are good and when they become good when it all comes together it comes quick and the Cardinals might be that team with the really good young quarterback there and then and people don't really trust a, a traditionally bad Cardinals team right now and you're going against a really bad team like the Lions I love that point and I think the Cardinals are a really good example of that 
Yeah, I mean the numbers back it up. You know, you you could you could believe or not believe in whichever quarterbacks you choose, but you just look at the numbers uh, of the young quarterbacks and their performance against the spread, and 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 uh, it kind of shows you that uh, that they, they'll come through more often than not because uh, it's just spot people aren't expecting. Uh, but for the last pick in, in the six pack, uh, this is the one I, I feel the shakiest about. So just putting that out there. But again, you have to kind of go against these the overreactions. What happened in, in, in the first couple of weeks? Aaron Rodgers is back. Green Bay is balling. But what, what's going on with the Saints? Drew Brees can't hit a pass. He's without his best receiver. He's done at, at age 41. So <laughs> obviously we got to go to New Orleans uh, by three here as a essentially just getting the – they're equal to the Packers treatment on a neutral field, just getting the three uh, for the home field. Two weeks in, the Saints have struggled, and it's a long season. Teams will struggle at times. Uh, but I think that coming into the year, just two short weeks ago, I don't think anyone would have said the Packers are better than the Saints. And, uh, yes, Michael Thomas's injury hurts, but, again, outside of a quarterback, you're not going to have one player dictate the, the, the spread that much. I think there's a little bit of an overreaction here to kind of knock them all the way down. Um, and, and so, and just generally a really good spot. Sean Payton usually gets his guys up similar to Belichick in these spots. Uh, he's covering at, at over a 60% uh, rate off a, a loss. And I just think that the Packers going on a road uh, against a tough uh, Saints. I think I still think the Saints defense is pretty good, pretty tough. Um, they, they, they struggled last week. These things bounce back in the NFL and in, in Detroit, Still a little bit one-dimensional in the passing game because Aaron Rodgers is throwing it up to Valdez Scantling, throwing, but but those guys aren't always coming down with it, and uh, it's not always that you're going to be able to score 42 points uh, when when you ha- when Devonte Adams goes for just 36 yards. Uh, so uh, I rather fade the Lions. I think that was more of a product of the, the Lions defense, and uh, I think this Packers team comes down to earth. Last season they were a 13 and three team, but their point differential, which is more predictive than wins. Yeah. Uh, they were was that of a, a nine win team, so uh, they are due for some regression, and it's kind of just co- carried over into this into the season. So, um, going with the Saints here uh, by field goal. It looks like I'm everybody's lip on that one till tomorrow. <laughs> everybody's in on the Packers, obviously, because <laughs> this opened at six and a half, all the way down to three now, and that I mean that was generous to give the Saints with you know maybe it's recency bias, but with Drew Brees laying an egg and the way the Packers are playing, I'm surprised that opened that big at, at six and a half favorites for the Saints. So I'm not surprised that's moved down to three, but I, I love the point of regression for the Packers bounce back. For Drew Brees and the Saints. The Saints are still such a good football team top to bottom. Like they can't be as bad as they showed in prime time last week. It's bounce back week. It, it's always, it's, you know, this is generally how it's going to go. I'm sure this is going to be a theme most weeks where uh, we're, we're going to be sitting up here and I'm going to be betting on teams that played absolutely horribly <laughs> the week before, because a lot of times that's, you know, if these things come down to a point here, a point there, a play here, a play there, a lot of times that's when you're getting the best numbers when a team just has an uncharacteristically bad performance uh, the week before. Um, and that also just is generally good because it focuses the teams. They come out a little more motivated, a little more hungry. Like there's all, you have to be a certain team for me to kind of fade you week in, week out. I'm really not there with, with anyone, but uh, maybe, maybe uh, Atlanta at this point. Uh, but uh, that, that's, a, that's a conversation for a whole nother day. 
I know we're like out of time, but I've been saying the same thing with my, my on my Steelers show with Houston coming to town. Like, is Deshaun Watson really going to be zero and three? You know, they played the two toughest teams in the league. Like, I just can't picture the Texans that go to the postseason every year as an zero and three team and Deshaun Watson zero and three. Like that just doesn't add up. I'll leave you with this: the, the craziest stat that I found this week, uh, early down success rate, which is essentially just. Yep. Warren um, Sharp's big on that too. Yeah, right. It's just right, essentially yeah. how much how are you gaining yardage, like 40% of the yardage on first down, half of the yardage on second to get to third. Guess who the worst offense in the National Football League is? Not even in just early down success rate, but in total success rate on all three downs. The Pittsburgh Steelers would have never thunk it, but they wow. They're living dangerously. You know, the 80, what is it, 84 yards to Claypool, 59-yard Connor run to ice it. Right. Without, without those two plays, I mean, Denver with Jeff Driscoll's hanging around, and I've been low on Denver. So, uh, yeah, it, it's kind I, of a little trap spot. It's a trap spot for sure for Pittsburgh. That is Chris Raybon. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon and uh, work at the Action Network, the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast. Cowboys, Patriots, Giants, Bills, Cardinals, and Saints. That's the Action Network. Six-pack for Week 3. Chris, always a blast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys.